Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And the first week of the year. Isn't it nice? We've had a little bit of a snow. There's a dusting at least. There's a lot of ice. I don't think you need to water a lot right now. As soon as this thaws though, for pretty much most of northern Arizona, you can start pruning at your leisure. So it's a big window for pruning throughout the year. So we'll start pruning typically here in the mountains from January 1 through uh, March, something like that. And I thought I would cover some of that here on this show. Just how do you start the process? I would say first and foremost, the easiest of all of the plants is perennials. Those are the flowering things that typically hibernate underground, but then come back fresh every year from the ground. So they're typically like carnations and uh, what are they? Echinaceas and uh, lilies. And there's all these series of flowers. California poppies, probably the most famous of them all. Of course, they're all brown, kind of laying over, and they're looking really bad, especially after all this weather. You can just go through, and as soon as you can get out there or want to start pruning back, you can prune all of those back, usually with a, a, a line trimmer, or I use a lawnmower head shears, pruners, whatever it takes. It doesn't matter. All that top material is completely dead. I mean, it's just been vaporized, just brown, looks like straw. Typically, I've got, uh, for my gardens, I, I've got it where I can go with the lawnmower, just the electric lawnmower, and go right over it, and I just mulch it right on top of each other, which is perfectly fine as long as you didn't have a lot of disease or, or mildew, insects. If there were no problems, just go and mulch it and have it right there on top of the ground. If you did have a lot of, let's say, powdery mildew issues, this is white spores that kind of cover the, the foliage, last typically summer through fall. So it's been a couple months. If those things were, were if you're having issues with that, cut those back by hand, then throw those away burn them, get rid of them. You don't want them on the property. Those spores can come right back, right back at you. That's the same with roses. As you start pruning roses, it's not quite time to prune roses. Typically, we'll start that in March. Uh, that's that's the ideal month for roses, all roses. Uh, but if you had some mildew issues, prune them back by hand and then get rid of that stuff. Don't compost them. Don't keep them in the yard. Just get rid, throw them in the trash can or the burn pile, whatever it takes. You country folks, you know what a burn pile is because you're out there in the rough and you can just do that. We used to have uh, burn piles in Skull Valley that were the size of barns. I mean, they the flames would go up 15 feet in the air. There was huge. It was fun. But you had acreage, big, big uh, fields that you can control this. And so um, that that's kind of where you start. Perennials. Start with those. And you've got now through March. Don't feel like you're rushed. Uh, but but when you want to when you want to get out there, go for it. Here in this central highlands, I'd say that's Payson, definitely Sedona, Camp Verde, Cottonwood, the Prescott area, 
It really goes over to Kingman, those areas. This this swath through the middle of the of the state. This is Central Highlands. This is chaparrales. This is manzanitas and junipers and ceanothus uh, and oaks. These grow wild here. Lots of wild grasses like like bear grass, misacanthus. Mis, uh, There's so many native types of plants. Uh, it's it's time to prune those things back when you want. These are a zone seven. So you've got, when you're looking at your garden zones, typically it goes from one to about 10, 11, 12. That's the desert stuff. 10, eight, nine, 10 is really, you're getting down to Black Canyon City and Phoenix, Tucson. There's a whole separate zone and those plants won't grow up here because they don't like the cold of winter. And our plants won't grow down there because they don't like the heat of summer. And so there's this change. So as you come up that hill from I-17, the zones change almost instantly. You can watch it change. Watch those saguaros. They're, they're, they start where they're everywhere at the bottom. Then as you come up the hill, you're seeing that they're, the saguaros will only be facing the south where the sunny areas are, and they disappear from the, from the shadowy, cooler, shadowed areas and so you could just almost watch those garden zones change as you're you're coming up very rapidly once you crest up to sunset point uh, spring valley quartz junction those areas you had a totally different zone totally different kinds of plants will grow there saguaros will not grow up here prickly pear will choyas a few cacti really were more famous for yuccas agaves prickly pears of course these are our native manzanita we're more famous for those the phoenix folks folks wish they could grow manzanita but it's too hot for them they need the winter cold to really do well in fact they're really looking good right now nothing like a manzanita with a little dustiness snow on them that just brings out that color and that red bark going down to the trunk it's magnificent and so those those plants they're, they're used to this higher altitude. This would be a zone seven. I would say you folks up in, in Flagstaff, Williams, the White Mountains, you know who you are, so you're tuned in. So those are going to be a zone typically five to six, depending on your elevation and which, if you're east, south facing, you might be a zone warmer. If you're north and direct west facing, you're probably a little bit colder. And so the reason for that, or if you're down in a little dip-de-doo, if you walk your neighborhoods, you'll feel the cold air settle in the, in the ravines. That's, that'll be a zone colder. Up on the hilltops or in the south facing of a hilltop, especially, or, or morning sun, I find my best gardens are facing the morning sun because when it's cool, that sun pops up in spring, like 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 February, March. It's still chilly. Sun pops, warms them right up. They go, oh, okay. Well, that wasn't so bad. Let's grow. And so those are some of my best gardens. In my backyard, that's north facing. There's still lots of snow on the ground, and it's not going to thaw anytime soon. So on the on the other south areas, yeah, they're still they're already thawed. And so those gardens are much cooler. So things grow a little differently down there. So in my own yard, I've got two different zones, a zone seven. And up front, I almost flirt with zone eight. I grow quite a few zone eight plants like barrel cactus and, and uh, Mexican palms, some freaky weird stuff that you really can't grow. But gardeners, they just like to try it anyway. 
so I just try it. And then I've got all the other you know, lilacs, forsythias, and butterfly bush, and so Russian sage, and all the other common ones. So all of those can be pruned back now. So the one I would say I posted on our Instagram uh, page this week, uh, I was walking the neighborhood in that snow, and, and you the, the um, autumn sage, or salvia gregii is the Latin name, salvias, uh, I would wait. They're, they're a zone 7B, zone 8. They're a borderline plant, really. So for the borderline, yeah, they love the heat. They bloom from May through November. They're amazing. Hummingbirds love them. They grow about, oh, just below hip high, kind of nice little ball shaped. And they were magnificent. Now they look like twigs coming out of the ground. They look a little rough and I want to prune them back, but I'll wait until we get through the the coldest of the cold. This is the first week in January. We're just past our shortest day of the year last week. And so typically about two, three weeks after our shortest day, which was December 21st, it's going to be your coldest day of the year. And so typically that's going to be the middle of January for, for the mountains. Get past the coldest of the winter for those borderline plants and then cut them back. So I would wait. I'm going to wait until middle to the end of February, March, and I'll prune back. When I'm pruning my roses, I typically will, typically will prune back my salvias. You want to keep that structure up. And the picture that I took, the snow had rested or covered the heart of that plant. It was insulating it. And it's always the day after a storm clears out, that's when things get damaged. It gets really cold when those clouds clear off. It gets really cold, and that's where the damage gets done. Well, if that snow is over there protecting the heart of it, you've got the structure of the plant sitting there. It, it helps protect that plant so it gets through a colder winter. So anyway, Lisa Watersline coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Arizona Cypress. If you want low-maintenance natives, easy care, and reduced water use, then this is the evergreen for you. When planted in rows, they block the wind, traffic noise, and make the perfect privacy screen, all for under 40 bucks. Comes in an Arizona blue, easy to grow, and prefers monsoon planting. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love native evergreens, they love to shop. My living room feels so empty. Now that the Christmas tree is gone, the house just seems so blah. Brighten it up with a big, bold, beautiful plant from Waters Garden Center. Fill that cavernous space with tall tropicals, colossal cactus, and sizable succulents that bring the great outdoors indoors. Make a gorgeous green space you can enjoy all year, not just for a season. Unique, exclusive, one-of-a-kind houseplants found only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, so we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. What are other people talking about? Kind of a sedate week. It's kind of like the stock market. There's trading this at new highs this week, but it was uh, 
low volume. Mm. So it's kind of, we've, we've been shut down for the Christmas through January yeah. season, kind of gave the crew time off to spend time with family. Mm-hmm. Back at it on Monday, which seems like, well, it's just like tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So thank you for my Christmas gift and happy New Year's, my oh, dear. New Year's, you. New Year. New Year. New Year. New Year. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it nice have last year over with? Oh my gosh. Let's hope 2022 is better than 21, which How I thought it... was going to be better than 20. I guess it was. I don't know if it was or not. I don't think it was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's got more weird, is what it did. Yeah. We did 2022, 2020, you felt like everyone's going to die. And, and we found out some friends did. Mm-hmm. And then 2021, we figured we could live, but then everything's all screwed up in business wise, you know, governments, leadership, it's a supply chain, all these weird ripples just went yeah. through. So it just kind of, it was, you didn't know how to operate. Everything was That's abnormal. True. This year, who, you just never know. Every year is different. You don't know, but you know what people need to do? Garden more. Garden take more. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Medicate. That's your Start, answer to everything. Take up just drinking. garden more. <laughs> well, you can drink and garden. Uh, there's nothing better than a glass of wine in a vineyard. Ooh, yeah. That's I mean, true. Or your own yard. So for when we launched one of our kids to college, mm-hmm. she went to Fresno Pacific. In Fresno, of course, um, <laughs> Christian College, right there in the middle of of the of that Central Valley, uh-huh. and so we drove her there. Said, "Honey, we're gonna drop you off to college. We're gonna borrow your car till we go to Monterey. <laughs> went up to the Redwoods, back around to Sacramento. So mm-hmm. our first home we ever bought. Came back down, yeah. dropped it off a week later, and said, How was college?' And it flew off to a business meeting <laughs> right after that. It was awesome. But one of them, Napa, uh-huh. we uh, biked around Napa." Mm-hmm. So you sample the wines, bike to the next vineyard. It was super fun. That Just was fun. so much fun. Mm-hmm. I would do, do that, that again. again. Yeah, done. <laughs> Book it. Okay. Tomorrow. So, uh, what do we have garden-wise? What are people talking about as far as questions? Well, sure. Everything good? People are still thinking gardens. Gardeners yep. always think gardens. So, yep. Well, we have a question from Brenda in Prescott. She bought some frost protectors to go around some of her more cold-sensitive plants. Okay. Question is, can she just leave them on through the winter? Or do they need to be on, off, on, off? So I don't know what a frost protector is. I'm, I'm imagining it's a either mini hoop house or some fabric that she's yeah. probably usually white fabric is frost mm-hmm. cover. And so it just depends on if it's got foliage, don't leave it on. If it's just bare, that is uh, uh, just twigs, it's deciduous, it lost its, it's leaves, mm-hmm. gone dormant, you could probably leave it on. So it just depends on what it is. Quite honestly, most deciduous plants, they're oh, pretty yeah. cold hardy. They don't need that. So you pr- probably she's dealing with really borderline stuff. So funky cacti from, from mm-hmm. Phoenix, barrel cactus, that kind of stuff. You can cover those. I would say they need the sun. Yep. Um, so I would take it off during the day. Let them get sun. Let them warm up. And then put it back on at night. Mm-hmm. Night is when the damage is going to happen right. with those really borderline things. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's things like lettuce, your cool season garden stuff, those things can almost be go without any cover. Although they would produce 
even stronger, better, more if you could cover it at night. And so, or keep the snow off. It just, that, that snow actually covers it where the flavor comes out. It's better, but it can't see the sun. So it doesn't grow as fast. So photosynthesis stops <laughs> while it's cold like that. Yeah. So you can keep that off of them. It'll be mm -hmm. better. So come see us more, bring a picture, cell phones. We can help you get more exact mm -hmm. detail then just uh, should it take it off or not? What's the plant? I don't know. Where is it? North, South, East, West. I don't know. Plus, we like talking to gardeners in winter. We need someone Something to talk to, to. We have a neighbor. <laughs> we've been walking the dogs. One of our neighbors re-landscaped last summer. And he put in um, more cactus, things like that. And I'm, I'm really curious to watch how they do this winter because – some of them I know to be borderline gold, golden barrel cactus. Right. You know, usually we just say indoors, indoors, indoors. So it will be quite interesting to see how those things go through the winter here. We have some Mediterranean mounds, which are very specialized, mm -hmm. very unusual cacti. Mm -hmm. We've got some red fish hook barrel cactus. Mm -hmm. Real, that's a barrel with you know, like sex appeals. Really pretty. <laughs> My God, red tips that curl. Yeah, it it's really cool. neat. Uh, palm trees. Mm -hmm. We just bring them up close to the house underneath that overhang go yeah winter over here because there ain't no room in the house for you yeah. uh this is for company and christmas trees and decorations and <laughs> celebrations not for a palm tree right. if you die outside fine it's been doing that it's been growing for, for years, years, four years yeah. yeah we've got a banana uh hardy banana that we're testing <laughs> yeah looks like it's going to come back it's actually so, doing well yeah. yep it's underneath the deck basically mm -hmm. outdoors right. up against the house so it's completely dormant in the winter yeah. time it's like, like a perennial yeah yeah so fun to play with those kind of things but don't count on them coming back all the time. Yeah. All right. Next question is from Sandy. She's looking forward to next spring as well. Me too, Sandy. And she would like to put in some blueberries. So yeah. her question is, what's the place, best place for them in the yard? Best soil type? Uh, how many do you need? Just yeah. kind of a general overview. So blueberries, how to grow better blueberries. Uh, blueberries do better in pairs. So they're kind of like fruit trees. They pollinate each other. Mm -hmm. There's a few that do it by themselves, but even those will do better with a buddy. So buy two different types of blueberries. That's a secret. Mm -hmm. And then there's some that do better in this Southern exposure. You know, there's lots of Miss, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin. They're, they're cold hardy. So, and, and, and they will grow here, but it's not so much that. It's the dryness mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. So, and then do you have side, do you have room some of them get really big. So they're coming out with new dwarf varieties. The real secret with blueberries uh, that's different than, let's say, a raspberry or a blackberry. They like really acidic soil. So uh, blackberries, they're, they don't care. They'll take any kind of soil. Alkaline actually brings out the flavor more. They're kind of like grapes. They'll, they'll take that alkalinity. Uh, raspberries, the, uh, certain ones really produce well hmm. with alkalinity not blueberries. They like acid. They want solid acid soil. And that's where they grow wild up in the Midwest and areas. Mm -hmm. So make sure you've got a soil that's real rich, peaty, compost, really organic, organically rich. Don't just take a blueberry and throw it in your backyard and expect it to grow and thrive. It won't. It'll right. turn yellow, anemic, it won't produce berries. If they are, they're really small. Right. But if you put it in a raised bed, there it's where it's going to really thrive. A container, mm -hmm. just a big pot with regular potting soil, a, a peat moss rich. Peat moss is very acidic, which blueberries 
They love that. Right. And so, and then whenever you're fertilizing, make sure you fertilize with an acidic type of soil. So that's where our, our uh, uh, all-purpose food, it's got a lot of soil sulfurs and things, cottonseed meal, things that make it more acidic. Blueberries, things that like acid will, will respond to that. I would say the same thing holds for hollies, hydrangeas. There's a whole series of plants that love azaleas. They love more acidic kind of soil. So plan for it. You can put them, you can give them acidic soil mm -hmm. if you think ahead of time and prep the soil, then plant them. Right. If you just chuck them in out in the yard, oh, that's that when they struggle. They, they get off color, they get yellow. Yeah. Um, so what would you say for light? Kind of maybe more Eastern exposure or afternoon shade or so full sun okay? They'll take full sun. I would say more sun equals more berries. I would say give them at least six hours okay. uh, they won't take in the full shade or they just they'll be pretty but right. they won't form the berries produce. they need to have that photosynthesis to really produce the fruit that you want okay. so we've had hours right out there on the on the patio of all things in the full sun <laughs> it's true but it had great soil it had yeah. water's potting soil which is peat it's moss yeah. and so it produced and grew Mm -hmm. for years sure. all right so we are out of time ken and lisa lane the mountain gardeners be right back right after this you're listening to ken lane aka the mountain gardener ken can be found throughout the week in prescott at waters garden center listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens gardening and you don't know where to start waters in-home garden service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our Goshiki Holly. Goshiki translates from Japanese as holly with five colors. Its new leaves emerge red, then turn green. The entire top of this holly is draped in colors of cream, white, gray, yellow, and green. This evergreen makes the perfect accent, hedge, or evergreen container for its all-round good looks. A really nice plant that shines through winter is just $39. Waters Garden Center, where people who love Japanese gardens, they love to shop. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. I had mentioned at the start of the show that you wanted to wait on certain plants and then you want to proceed quickly on others. So start now. So there's kind of a, a hierarchy or, or a, which ones to go after first. Right now you're starting with fruit trees, shade trees, evergreens. I would wait on things like roses. I'd wait on salvia gregian. I mentioned why. I'd wait on the evergreens, especially the privacy screens, like, like uh, red tip photinia. It's a very popular plant. If you prune it back right now, which you could do fine, it would be per it's super hardy, it's tough as nails, but you sort of want to wait on that one, or I do personally, just to keep it looking good in the yard. They're going to start growing in March. You're starting to set some buds right now, but what I would do is 
I would put that on the last, last of the bushes that I would prune back. And I would, I would do those typically into February, March, because they're going to start growing into March, April. And so they can look a little beat up. They look butchered and right after pruning. And so they'll flush that new growth and cover that up. So I always try to prune those back right before they're going to start flushing their new growth. That way they don't look so bad for as long. So right now, enjoy the green. Uh, I would do the same thing with Ketoniaster. Those are evergreen, kind of hardy native shrubs. I'd, I'd do it on my junipers. I'd wait on those. Wait till they just start to to flush their spring growth, which will be in March. And so and then they'll just elongate right through spring and get bigger and bolder and stronger and fuller from that point forward. So kind of don't feel like you're in a rush to do everything all at once. Take your time. You got three months to pull that off. I would start with things that, you know, like uh, crepe myrtles, your summer blooming things. I'd start with Rose of Sharon's butterfly bush things that bloom is it smoke bush uh prune those things back now start start first and foremost with those shade trees i prune back your um uh, the, the maples and aspens and and locusts you know they start to grow to the ground and so you want to prune those branches back so it you form it and shape it so go after those things there's really two ways to prune let's say trees, a fruit tree, whatever. Uh, one is thinning and the other one's called heading. So heading is where you just cut back the bulk, the, give it a haircut, kind of trim it back. A lot of your hedgerows, that's heading. So you're just cutting back. The, the thinning is you're following that branch right back to where it connects to another branch and you cut that entire branch and thin it right out of there, all the way back. Whereas heading let's say like your head you're like your hair heading you're taking head shears you just kind of whack it back or uh, just kind of real quickly get take some wild branches growing out just cut it back real quick that's heading most of your fruit trees and things you're going to be thinning those so you want to strategically go after and tr follow that branch back and then cut it back where it connects to another branch and so it opens up the structure of that plant things like butterfly bush i would say russian sage you can prune back right now uh, those things i'll head those so butterfly bush gets 10 feet tall it's crazy it needs to be cut back and so i want to keep it down to that hip to chest high level and have all those butterfly flowers that kind of come up all summers, fall, and autumn long. I want to get it back to where it's under control without taking over entire sections of the yard. So there, I'll start with heading it. Just get it back to get it back where I can control it. And then I'm looking for some of those. Uh, I want to thin some of the other trunky pieces out of there. I'll track that butterfly bush right back to the ground and I'll cut a major trunk off right at the ground level. And what that does, you get better flowers from vibrant new growth and you get vibrant new growth from brand new branches. So it's kind of a row, use rosarians know what I'm talking about. You know, the, the older trunks on a rose look really thick and barky and the, the thorns just want to rip your face off. They just look overgrown. 
But the ones that have the best flowers have this vibrant green to them. They're just so young and supple and they're just so flexible. Those form the biggest, best flowers. And so I'll cut back one or two of these major trunky branches of my butterfly bush. And I just want to thin some of those out. And that'll keep that alive a little bit longer. What happens is some of these plants, they actually overgrow themselves and they stop, they, they become old and they just stop blooming as well. And so I want to take out some of those that keeps them younger. And it's kind of like giving them a facial, I guess. It just keeps all the wrinkles out, kind of makes them all look supple and young and keeps that, that those new branches coming up and reaching for the sun and blooming their hearts out. You, want, you can encourage that as a gardener. You can give your plants a facial. That's how you do it. I just explained it in like six minutes or less. So there's a strategy to that. I would do that for Roses, crepe myrtles, rosa sharons, there's several, several blooming shrubs typically that that will, will help with. Fruit trees is a whole nother subject. In fact, I'll tell you how to, how to get a handout. I've got that published online. I'll show you where to get that towards maybe the next segment or so. But we got to go to another break. Be right back. Lisa Watersling coming in with her segment right after this. Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Let's talk poop. Hey, I'm Tommy at Waters Garden Center. Ken and Lisa are out right now, so I snuck in to remind you that it's time to add some manure to your garden. It's been a wet winter, and your soil is, well, pooped. Waters Barnyard Manure adds nutrients to get your garden growing. It's organic and orderless, so we really can say our poop don't stink. Buy six bags or more. They're only $5.99. Now that's a load of crap. Tommy, what's going on? Oh, poop, gotta go. Natural, safe, odorless, and organic at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Austrian Pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for planting. This pine has the same long needles as our Ponderosa Pine without all the problems. And these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing at the Pines, and lots of sizes to choose from, but the $249 model is exceptionally big. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and just her segment, what she talks about, I never quite know. I hope it's always either about me or gardening. Either one will do. <laughs> you can choose and the audience will be enthralled. I'm sure they will. <laughs> anyway, so welcome back to the studio, Lisa. Thank Happy you. New Year. Happy New Year. So one beauty of owning a garden center is, you know, you have these ebbs and flows of different mm -hmm. departments. And so right now it's just winter evergreens. We're about ready to start pulling, switching on spring. So we'll fill the garden center up with fruit trees. We're already mm -hmm. starting here in two, three weeks. The fruit trees will start showing up. Uh, shade trees, the uh, blooming shrubs like lilacs. Mm -hmm. will start this, this tidal wave of plants. Yeah. And so we've just come off of living Christmas trees. We sell so many pine and spruce. You can hardly keep up, but there's this, this lull. Mm -hmm. 
in winter. And so we always do a, a remodel project at the house <laughs> every winter and at the garden center. Just because we wouldn't want to sit still at all. Well, no, that's, <laughs> don't want to rest. Keep pushing, go forward. I think part of that is entrepreneurial. Yeah. Just kind of, it's hard to get the bar to click just a little bit mm -hmm. higher. It's easy for things to stay the same. It's really hard to move the dial a little bit as, right. as a community leader or business leader. You folks that are running big companies and divisions, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, we remodel the house and the very last room in the house is now being, we've owned this house for 20 years, the <laughs> last room. So the kitchen's been done, the master's all been done, all the flooring and trims and lights inside, outside. The outside's been remodeled twice. Yeah, that's true. We finally got um, the, the guest bathroom, the guest simplest bathroom. of all the rooms. The last one. And we're not even, we're just pulling out the old tile. It has... <laughs> Tile on top of tiles. This is an older house. Yeah. Pulling that out, and Lisa's going, Oh, finally, we can start over in the other houses. <laughs> How cool. That's discouraging as we're uh, uh -huh. just getting into this project. <laughs> well, like you said, you got to keep moving forward. So we ordered, uh, <laughs> we're going to upgrade our house to be more plugged oh, in, plugged more. In. Uh, so we have an Alexa bathroom <laughs> fan. Alexa, play country. Alexa, what's the weather? Alexa, up lights, down lights, turn them blue, turn them. And we have a, a, a toilet that will do the same thing. <laughs> it glows. Do you remember? It was Auto an old, open. Not an old show, but a show called Eureka. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the house was yeah. like alive. It would speak almost, to you. Almost. Yeah. And, and at one point it turned against the owner. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think in our house. Is that could do. happen. Yeah. <laughs> One day it'll just be like, no, I'm not letting you back in. Sorry. Yeah. The You're locks, every, kind of everything, the garage door, everything's connected. Yes. It's so frightening. can't wait for a new refrigerator. Mm -hmm. Have it connected. There's some now that will tell you when you're out of eggs. <laughs> That's what I need. Or I could just open the door. <laughs> That might be easier. I don't know. <laughs> then I want to find the app to figure out what to connect all the devices. The problem is they aren't connecting that well. Oh. So the Nest doesn't go to the Arlo, which doesn't go to the Alexa, which doesn't go to the, they're not. They're, the, the scary thing is this is all on your cell phone. Well, so if true. something happens to Ken, I will be locked out of my house. I won't be able to operate my bathroom. You, I mean, my refrigerator. You, you've my... got kids; they'll come over and help you with all this stuff. Hmm. I like see. it's it's kind of this technology, sort of like a a jigsaw puzzle, because it's not it's not intuitive. You have to actually know a little bit of coding and how to connect and networks and how to have your your. You just got to know some stuff. So they lied to us. They told us all this new technology will make our lives so easy. As long as it's running, it they does. Lied to us. The second it crashes, those Philip Hue lights, they don't. Those are the biggest pain of the derriere ever, but they're cool when they work. <laughs> well, you know what does make your life better? Gardening. That. Love. <laughs> You're missing the segment. Oh, okay. Totally missing the segment. I, I, I'm listening. We're all listening, right, folks? Houseplants. House. Oh, good. Yeah. Houseplants are it. <laughs> that is right. So I have seven 
benefits of houseplants. Oh, there we go. I like mm -hmm. it. So chuck that dead Chris dusty Point Christmas tree up in the attic again or out on the street curb and <laughs> listen to seven benefits of houseplants. Well, you know, that is true. It seems like after you take down all your Christmas stuff, you look at your house and you're like, oh, I need something else yeah. in here. Yeah. And houseplants are a great addition. And then houseplants plus beautiful pottery is even better. So, but seven benefits of houseplants. First one is it reduces stress levels. So we definitely need that in our house. <laughs> I don't know. Since the kids left, it's almost quiet. Stressful. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, they actually did studies. They were doing, uh, they had you do a project, some kind of project in your house. And people who had houseplants in the room, as opposed to people who had no houseplants in the room, actually did the job better, faster. Wow. Uh, they felt better when they were done. Yeah. Uh, so it can definitely add to less stress. So put some houseplants in your offices. Those of you that have home offices or even your office at work, yeah. put some houseplants in there. Bring Accountants, you need houseplants because tax season's on us. Yeah. Of course, attorneys <laughs> always need more houseplants. Right. So, yep. Definitely. The number two is it'll sharpen your attention. Oh. So this was kind of cool. They did a study of uh, kids in a classroom. And so they did one with fake plant, no plant, a picture of a plant and a real plant. And those kids that were in re in classrooms with real plants actually paid attention better. That's impressive. Isn't wow. That Doesn't neat? surprise me. I know. I thought that was really cool. And then number three is working with plants. So in England, they're actually prescribing. So people that have, um, you know, just depression, anxiety, that kind of stuff, they're actually prescribing you to go get houseplants. Oh, and wow. And you're supposed to take care of them. Not a community garden or health garden. No. Not a garden. Just have plants. Go right. go shop for plants. Take a plant home with you and do something and with care it. care for it. Really? Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, repotting, watering, trimming, all that kind of stuff. So really helped with mental, mental illness. And um, they also help you recover from illness faster. Oh. So if you've been sick, if you're just not feeling good, whatever get some house plants in your bedrooms Thus, and flowers house. for people in the hospital there you go so that, that's probably the reason why we just your grandmother intuitively knew what to do <laughs> but now we got science to back it up yeah so help you heal faster they also can boost productivity make you do that's things weird. better faster. no wonder they're so productive here at the garden center <laughs> <laughs> they also improve your outlook on work so they're again going back to those offices right. cubicles home offices Get some houseplants in there. Make your attitude better and your work better. Yeah, Make I'm seeing that. Um, I've got a, a CEO kind of group, mastermind mm -hmm. group I, I kind of deal with once a month. We're seeing some of the new office spaces coming online because we'll meet at different places. Oh. And houseplants, big open, big kitchen, and lots of houseplants, that is a thing. Mm -hmm. Those are That's the new, to get people to come back into the office, that's what mm -hmm. it takes. Big open areas. No more little um, tiny cubicles. No, cu cubicles are out. <laughs> well, good. Big spaces. Or if they do have cubicles, there's a big space to kind of decompress um, with. Uh, okay. There's big rooftop mm -hmm. cafes, all kinds of stuff going on. Cool. It's really, really interesting. Interesting. Well, number seven is it can improve air quality in oh. your home. So there's seven good reasons to think about houseplants for you. If you're kind of hesitant and like, yeah, I don't know about houseplants. I got brown thumbs. I hear that all the time. So there's a group of plants that are just super easy to grow. Uh, Dracaenas, 
super easy. Hardly ever have to water. You them. can't kill a dracaena. Uh, <laughs> you, you just work can't at it. it. Honestly, yeah. uh, ZZ plants. You cannot kill a ZZ. Those are so easy. Low light, low water, and but they look tropical. Yeah. I mean, they look like they need they're a rainforest succulent. to live so in. So they're like they're a cactus. Very thick leaf. Uh, Chinese evergreen. Uh, which comes in all kinds of colors and shapes and different things. It's a family of plants. Does really, really well. Super easy as well. Pothos. Who can't grow pothos? Easy. Yep. <laughs> Succulents and cacti. This is, uh, so I kind of redid one of my, our rooms and I put a bunch of cactus and succulents in there. They didn't require a lot of work but they just really add color and texture and coolness to the room. So seven reasons we're out of time, my dear. Thank you. I know you keep, you're going to keep going, but the notes, you got like a huge legal pad of, of advice. So you have to come in and talk to Lisa yeah. this week. So Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, we'll be right back right after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Once upon a time, Fred the Sage and Bob the Yucca watched a herd of deer eat their neighbor's garden. Hey, Bob, said Fred. It's a good thing we're native Arizona plants from Waters Garden Center. Right, Fred, said Bob. We can handle tough prescott dirt, hot sun, low water, and we look great in the garden. You betcha, Bob, said Fred. Hummingbirds and bees love us, but that deer sure doesn't. Be like Fred and Bob. Go native at Waters Garden Center. Safe, natural, and organic. Did you know that plants can help you sleep better, naturally? At Waters Garden Center, we have beautiful houseplants that not only look great, they clean the air we breathe. Get this. Some plants can actually produce oxygen at night and even take mold spores out of the air, making for less tossing and turning and more beauty sleep. Don't lose sleep. Rise and shine with unique, gorgeous houseplants for your best rest yet at Waters Garden Center. Sweet dreams. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. As we thaw, get past these storms, which is kind of nice to get the moisture. We need this, especially up in the mountains. We need that snowpack that will help us out through spring and next summer. It just makes a difference. It'll help the wildflowers. They're actually absorbing this. And you'll see, as soon as we get a nice bright day or bright week, the wildflowers will start to grow. Already, I was looking at some of my mums, so chrysanthemums. They're starting to sprout. You can see them coming, just starting to emerge from the ground. The buds, the leaf buds and flower buds on your spring blooming, so red buds apples and pears, the, the uh, lilacs, the buds, flower buds are huge right now. This storm is really going to play out and make it, it's going to be a beautiful spring. We need two or three more of these through the end of March. And boy, it sets the stage for really nice gardening for next, for this coming spring, this, this coming year. It's 2022. Yay! So things to watch for, it's time to prune. We've been dedicated a couple segments to this, this topic, pruning. We covered perennials. 
uh, we can go into real details on very specifics, how to prune a rose or a camellia or a holly or a hedgerow, junipers, uh, fruit trees. I don't have time for that. That's, and it's too much detail to articulate over the airwaves. I can refer you to some great resources. I've written several articles on this. Now, there's no books specifically for the mountains of Arizona, this high altitude gardening. It's kind of on my list to write. It's just, it's going to take three months in the winter to pull this off, and I don't have the time right now. But I do write a garden column, two of them, every single week. And so those get posted to our website. And so watersgardencenter.com. Just go to our company website, and, and every article, every video, uh, every garden class we do gets posted there. So it's kind of our repository. And it's not just a static website. It This is a living, breathing, organic garden content for all of this zone five through nine garden zones. So for our types of gardening, it's good for us. There's a search bar in the upper right-hand corner. Look for that and just type in pruning and all the garden pruning articles, how to prune fruit trees. So there's eight steps to pruning fruit trees. I just wrote that one. Uh, pruning advice. That's a good one. I'm going to go over that one right now. Pruning roses. Uh, on and on and on. So it's a good resource, and they're all for here. It's not just something downloaded from Google and you know pirated and thrown on here. No, this is actually when you do it, how you do it for our specific kind of plants here in the mountains of Arizona, which is a little different than, let's say, Chicago or California or the South. This is totally different. We're, we're more like Denver than anything else. But even they're kind of they're different than us. So there, that's where to go, watersgardencenter.com. Type in pruning in the search bar. It'll the, the, the bot will go curate everything for you. But in a nutshell, some plants, you just don't even know where to begin. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you where to begin. Or, or as I'm looking at a plant and I'm trying to figure out where do I start, always start with dead branches or damaged branches, broken branches, disease has got the bark to crack on it, or it's off color. You'll know because you look at it and go, oh, that's, that doesn't look that healthy. Cut it out of there. Just start with that. Dead wood is never good. Dead, any kind of dead branch attracts more death and decay. So there are certain insects that roam around the forest, like bark beetle, flathead borers. There's all kinds of insects that just look for dead stuff and branches, which means that they're saying that that plant is in trouble. It could be an easy meal. Let's go land and see if we can eat this thing. And so they're looking for that. Certain woodpeckers will come in. They're attracted because they know bugs are attracted to dead wood. And so woodpeckers are attracted to plants with dead wood because they're thinking bugs will be there. It's a protein source. There's this whole nature thing that happens. Point being, no matter what, get rid of dead wood. It's any time of year, take it out of there. But start with that. A broken branch, it got damage in a snowstorm, windstorm. Cut that, cut that out of there. And now all of a sudden, it'll either leave a gaping hole you need to compensate for, or now you can start shaping, you can start seeing the inside. Any, kind of, any damaged um, or diseased kind of stuff. Uh, roses, I'm thinking uh, shrubs. A lot of times you'll see... It's a green branch, but then it's got this purpley off color to it or spotting. The bark is starting to lift and peel. No, well, that's not so good. 
Get rid of that. You don't want it. So start with that. Usually by the time you've, you've kind of thinned out and cleared some of this stuff out, you go, oh, you can start to see where to start next. From there, I'll go for branches that are growing the wrong direction. So if a branch is growing towards the center of a tree, that's not good. It's, it's, it's actually creating encroaching or, or just kind of overpowering the canopy of that, that plant. Let's say it's a maple or an aspen or redwood, whatever it is, it's growing to the inside, fruit trees especially, plums. They're notorious for growing into themselves. Get those out of there. Things that circle back around and grow to the center, get it out of there. I also look for, let's say, you know, I'm 6'2", and I do not want to duck when I, when I walk underneath my shade trees or my evergreens. I would just want to walk through with confidence and not think about dinging my head. So I'll prune my branches up and then anything growing down to the ground that might catch me in the eye or in the forehead, I'm pruning that out. So I'm, anything growing towards the ground, you don't want it to grow to the ground. You want it to grow up to the sky, to the, to the moon. Prune those things out of there. So locusts are really notorious for having these long tendrils that grow right back to the ground. Cut them back. Mesquites can do that for you folks in the lower elevations. A maple, uh, the autumn blaze maple, that red maple, it gets these wild hairs. It just starts growing one long branch right to the ground. Start with that. Once you get some dead branches out of there, some damaged branches and things growing back to the ground, things that are growing into themselves, back or crossing branches, now all of a sudden you can start to see what really needs to start happening. It gets rid of a lot of that inside uh, area that just is overgrown. It causes damage, attracts bugs, ha- encourages disease, leaf spots, and that kind of curls. And so it, it really, really helps. Then we have to go to, I just want it to stay smaller. I don't want it to get too big. Well, now I'll start to prune it back, get it back to the size that I want. This is really important for things like butterfly bush, um, uh, lilacs, forsythia. There's, some of them get really big but I only want it to be head high. Well, then cut it back. I should actually, I should go into, you know, which ones to prune. We started out with prioritizing. Prune your summer blooming plants back now. Prune your fruit trees back now. This is the time. January's perfect time for doing all of those. Hold off on pruning your Let's say borderline plants. I said, hold off on waiting on salvia gregii, on roses. Wait till March. By then, yes, we can still get frost. We can still have some snow. But that bitter, bitter, you know, single digits kind of cold, that that chill you through your bones kind of cold, that's over. I mean, it's going to be beautiful during the day. Yes, a storm can come and dump four inches on us, but it's melted by the end of the day. That's March. It's not that bad of weather. It's good. It's a real heavy snow. But Keep that structure up over those autumn sages so it helps protect the heart of that plant on your roses so it protects the crown of rose. Kind of wait, prune those back in March. Things that are blooming in summer, prune them back right now. Spring bloomers are unique. Do not prune back the very early spring blooming plants. Don't prune back camellias. They're starting to bloom. They'll be in bloom by the end of the month. They're winter bloomers. If you prune them back now, that won't damage the health, but you'll lose all the flowers. Don't prune back lilacs now. 
enjoy the blossoms. They'll be in bloom by the end of March and April through May. As soon as they're done blooming, then prune them back. If you prune them back now, it doesn't damage the heart of the plant. You just take all the rose, the, the, the flower buds off. And so enjoy the flowers, then cut it right back. So early spring things you're pruning after they're done blooming. So that'd be lilacs, forsythia, quince, camellias. There's a whole, rhodes, azaleas. There's a whole bunch of them. Wait to prune those back. So prioritize them. I got more for you, but I'm coming up on a hard break here. I'll be right back right after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Wondering why my garden looks amazing? Well, that's personal. The personal garden shopper service at Waters Garden Center, that is. Before talking with my personal shopper, I had no idea which plants would be best for me. But now my garden is bursting with flowers and buzzing with hummingbirds. Just go to watersgardencenter.com, click on Shop, and choose Personal Garden Shopper. A Waters Garden expert will pick the perfect plants for you, personally. The Personal Garden Shopper, only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our single blue pinion pine. This new blue variety lends to a tidy appearance in a bold, tough tree. Highly desirable for its edible pine nuts, so eat up. Let it grow wild, or this 10-foot tree can be shaped for the holidays. These perfectly formed trees are just $85 and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love native pines and pine nuts, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. We've been talking pruning. The, the main thing I can encourage you, so many folks think they, they almost it's almost like they're pruning off limbs of a puppy dog or something. They're just afraid. They're paralyzed to make a mistake. You can't, it's virtually impossible to make a mistake pruning because you're going to fertilize right afterwards. When you're done pruning, this is usually February, March, so you got some time. You got a few weeks. Finish your pruning. You're going to hose down the entire yard, everything in the garden, especially if you have a bunch of blooming, fruiting things. You want to put dormant oil or horticultural oil. That's what will, you'll spray everything that remains. And that's what's going to clean up that yard so you don't get disease, insects, insect eggs. It just cleans. So you start the spring growing season out clean. So that's that's the next thing. Then right after that, you're fertilizing. The month of March is some of the most important fertilizing for the spring season there is. So March is when you fertilize. That's going to, if you make a mistake and you cut back too far, fertilize it, it'll grow its way right out of it. If you're not pruning limbs off of puppy dogs, it's like giving a haircut to a beautiful gal, it just it's going to come right back, more voluptuous as as ever, and so that's what a plant they, they respond positively to a to a haircut. They just do better with pruning. They need to be pruned back some to shape them to get them to grow in the right direction. So don't be afraid. You're going to fertilize your way out of any any mistakes. It's okay. Again, for details. Check my website, watersgardencenter.com, W-A-T-T-E-R-S, watersgardencenter.com. And it's a huge resource of plants. In the upper right-hand corner, 
It's got a search bar because there's so much content on this. Again, I'm writing two garden columns every week. We're doing a lot of YouTube videos. We just passed a million YouTube downloads. Uh, they're all posted or referenced on our website. That's the go-to. Yes, you can go out and go look at YouTube from there, but we, we've got a search bar that goes, oh, we'll look for this. And so it's kind of, a, there's some really good articles. I've got the eight steps to pruning fruit trees, how to prune roses or rose pruning. Uh, another one called pruning advice, just a general catch-all. As far as angles, it's got pictures, how, how far back, how to take a big limb off. There's a lot into this. The right, entire books are written on how to prune. More than just a 10-minute segment on a really great garden show here in the mountains of Arizona. Use that. It'll really, really help guide you through and print them out, give them to friends, share them uh, with, with folks. It's meant to help you be a better gardener at this higher altitude here in Arizona. We also offer, it's starting up. The spring is like right around the corner. It's kind of exciting. I can't wait. So we're, we're booking all of our, our plants are plugged. Uh, we know which ones we're gonna harvest. Some of them have already been harvested and shifted into, into containers. They're rooting out now. They'll be here in, in several weeks. So it's all kind of starting at the farm level very shortly within two, three, three weeks by the end of January, three weeks or less. Um, Plants will be shipped. They'll be, they'll be filling up the garden center. Not all of them at once. We don't have tomatoes yet. Those don't come until the end of March, first part of April. Then there are just waves of them after that. But they're plugged and they're starting to grow. It's kind of exciting from a farmer. It's, it's kind of, it's plug them and wait till they mature and get going. But we do offer garden classes every Saturday at 9.30. And they're going to start January 15th. We start with... Happy, healthy houseplants with professional style. Lisa teaches that one, I think, with my daughter, Mackenzie. And then we go with top landscape flair. That's how to design a landscape. I'll teach that one, maybe with Michelle or, or Doug, some of my professionals. January 29th, how to grow wildflowers. It's, January's the time. So those are all at watersgardencenter.com. There's a big classes button right there on the front page. You can't miss it. They're all free. Saturday's at 930. They're meant to help you be a better gardener this spring, especially if you're new to the area. It's really, really helpful. Well, Ken and Lisa Lane here at Waters Garden Center. Throughout the week, we camp out here at the Garden Center. Love talking to fans of the show. As the days get longer and brighter, houseplants can struggle and scorch, but we have the solution. At Waters, we've organized our houseplants from A to Z for the brightest of sunny locations, many even bloom. With experts that know plants and how to make them grow. Shipments of the freshest houseplants in town have just arrived from A to Z and ready for a bright new home. Waters Garden Center, where people who love bright green houseplants, they love to shop, found in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.